Hello, everybody, and welcome to Time and Attention, the podcast dedicated to helping you become a better, more intentional human being. I'm the co-host of this show, Chris Bailey. This is episode number 112, Dumb Goals. I don't like this title. Why not? Because I think it's an oversimplification of something that we're criticizing for being an oversimplification. Oh, wow. That's two layers of meta. Yeah, sure. So we're talking about SMART goals, which we'll explain, but um, it's... If you're familiar with them, what is the acronym? It's like oh, yes. specific, measurable. Well, this is the thing. I, I think, well, it's not often that a research article inspires a whole podcast episode. Um, but this article um, that kind of was a takedown of SMART goals, it basically showed how each letter seems to have about 15, 20 different meanings sometimes. Uh, but the most common ones, they seem to be so SMART. Goals. The S stands for specific, the M stands for measurable, the A stands for attainable, the R is realistic, and the T is time-bound. Yeah. Smart. And this is a very common acronym for how to approach goal setting yeah. in all sorts of different contexts, right? This is in organizations, this is commonly used in like health, in personal fitness mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you've probably even heard us talk about SMART goals Maybe. on this podcast. Have we? Yeah, we've definitely yeah. talked about yeah. them here. Um, and I, this one article does a pretty deep review of <laughs> like the evidence and the, like the science that kind of underpins, or for lack of a better, doesn't underpin. Yeah, that's the kind of takeaway yeah. uh, of of SMART goals. And so, guys, does a kind of meta analysis of a lot of the papers or research that's been done around them and how this aligns with more traditional like scientific theory on goals. Yeah. And it's um, it pretty damning. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't, yeah. And, you know, I, I originally searched for SMART goals and uh, just because I wanted evidence that there's research behind them because I'm doing a, a deep dive into the research on goal setting right now uh, for a future project, which is still quite a ways down the line right now. <laughs> Nothing to announce this year, maybe even next year, but um, kind of, you know, just digging deep into the research. And I thought, oh, I've been writing about SMART goals before. It's a commonly accepted kind of piece of advice in productivity circles. Uh, But then I encountered this pretty well-cited, well-sourced journal article. It's called The Overuse of SMART Goals for Physical Activity Promotion, a Narrative Review and Critique. Mm -hmm. Yes, in the Health Psychology Review. Can I read you uh, this closing little paragraph here, Art? Please. And listener. Dear listener. Dear listener, (laughs) I should say. Therefore, 40 years after its advent, we are calling on international scientific and professional organizations in the fields of public health and physical activity, again, it's a physical activity journal, uh, promotion, to cease the wholesale uncritical dissemination of the SMART acronym in favor of more sophisticated, defensible, and evidence-based guidance on goal setting. Yeah, and so, Pretty again, damning. Chris mentioned we don't usually make 
make a whole episode based on like one paper. No. And there's a reason for that, right? Like one. <laughs> yeah, it would be boring. It would be such a boring podcast. And one paper also doesn't yeah. make evidence, right? Like we yeah. need a kind of body of evidence to kind of make conclusions within the literature. Like that's how research works. This is a meta study, like a, it's a review of like 147 yeah. papers or something, right? So to, it's reviewing the use of smart goals within the literature. So yeah. it's not just a standalone paper. It's really reviewing a lot of different papers. And so that's why we're kind of talking about it yeah. here. Because you um, can find a study that backs up pretty much any point you wish to make. I mean, that's hopefully not totally true, but yeah, like you close. can find you can find papers of varying quality out there, which is why we typically don't rely on just a standalone paper to make conclusions. Yeah. That's how research works. However, uh, this one is a it's like a it's a compilation of the findings from many many papers so it, which is I think very intriguing but we should take it with a grain of salt because there are papers out there that do show and like research studies that have shown using things like randomized control trials for example um, that do show that sometimes smart goals do actually work yeah. and I think the reason for that is because there is something within the idea of smart goals like making goals specific for example there is like a kernel of usefulness within SMART goals that can be really useful. I think the takeaway of this paper, though, is that SMART goals in and of themselves aren't really based on scientific theory and also have a ton of challenges that come up when it comes to like really effectively setting a goal. Yeah, and they can even be problematic. They can't even be problematic. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so one key way that that's the case, so we'll, we'll, we'll kind of dissect this a little bit then talk about what we can learn from from this dissection uh and, and we'll link to the paper in the show notes as well mm-hmm. i don't know if it's publicly accessible you oh, might I need to be know. behind yeah. our yeah, we're kind of steeped in, in that world i guess but uh i don't yeah but we'll, we'll link to to what we can the the best source that we can find but the biggest problem is uh in my opinion is with the attainable bit um, because goals are, are, I think that prevents people from setting bad goals because instead of saying, I want to, to fly to the moon this year, uh, you, you think, oh, you know, wait, I can't actually fly to the moon. Maybe I should fly to Tokyo instead. And so it prevents you from setting bad goals, but it also prevents you from attaining really good good goals that you're capable of. That might just be a stretch, right? Like a yeah. stretch goal, like something challenging, but still possible, right? Yeah. Like it's in the realm of possibility. Yeah, exactly. And that, that was a big issue that these authors, of which there were many on this paper, had with this SMART goal acronym is good goals shouldn't just be attainable. They shouldn't just be something that we can do. They should be a challenge. They should mobilize us to uh, use our time, our attention, our energy uh, to get something done that is possible but is a bit of a reach, a bit of a stretch. Uh, Because challenging goals are far, far, far more motivating than something that is kind of a meh goal, uh, kind of something that we know that we can do. Uh, there is kind of that primary problem with the, with the, the SMART goal acronym, but there's also a bit of redundancy that the paper identifies in the acronym as well. So measurable goals are kind of already specific, right? And realistic and attainable, uh, there's a lot of redundancy there. They almost refer to the same thing. You know, again, there's a reason that this does catch on and that this has 
um, uh, kind of progressed through the productivity literature and across websites. And um, there's a lot of studies that are based on this SMART acronym that are still being done, even though this uh, study calls it a, a bit of a waste of resources. Um, but it's, it's very, very interesting how there is that redundancy and there is that counterproductive effect where when you just set something that's attainable, it doesn't mobilize you in the same way that uh, a true challenge does. Yeah, and I think the the kind of redundancy problem is a problem because it can it can make people confused almost to some extent yeah, when they're yeah. like trying to figure a way to say that your goal is both realistic and attainable in like unique ways. Like, how are those two things different? <laughs> yeah. And for some goals, that might be really hard. And so. If they this redundancy exists to make it almost, for lack of a better word, like a better acronym, um, like that can make it in practice really hard for people to kind of figure out what those things should be when they're setting a goal. And the whole, I mean, maybe we should take a step back and say like, why even set goals? Like, why do goals exist, I guess? Mm. That's a good question. I'm asking you. Oh, you're asking me. Yeah. Because we want to do things and we want to do things um, that gets us some result. And you need a goal to do that? And we need a pre-decision in order to do that. Mm. Um, And so when we make a a pre-decision that we wish for something to be different in our own situation, in our work, in our life, uh, regardless of the context, we're able to make progress. So I think ultimately goals exist to fuel that value of progress that we have. The value of progress? What Mm -hmm. do you mean the value of progress? Oh, we want to make progress. Oh, it's a value. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah, not so. like a dollar value attached oh, no. to progress. No, you see they're an economist. <laughs> I am wearing a t-shirt right now yeah. from the Bank of Canada Museum. So <laughs> We went today. It's, it's actually really good. It was so cool. Yeah. Um, We're such nerds. We are. Especially you. But anyway, sorry, go on. Yeah, so I think, okay, so we've talked about, okay, we've talked now a little bit about why we set goals mm-hmm. to find a way to make progress on something. And now yeah. we've talked about why the SMART goals maybe don't work. And I think what's interesting, I think the fact that they really aren't based on a lot of the like psychological theory or like scientific theory that we now have lots of evidence yeah. on for how it how goals should be set and how people make progress towards goals. Um, I do still think like the reason stuff like this exists is because there's a kernel of truth in there, right? Yeah, like yeah. it is still focused on like specific goals and and that's still helpful, right? So I think the reason we see it works is because like those parts are still related to like the underlying reasons mm-hmm. that goals can be effective um, in helping you make progress towards something. Yeah. But there are better ways, I think is what this art- this other article, yeah. the kind of swan article that we're, we've been talking about it points to much better ways to set a goal. You, you know what I kind of think of when I think of smart goals is Myers-Briggs. Yes! Because <laughs> I, I, I know there's not a lot of research behind Myers. Well, there's research, but it, it's not very kind to Myers-Briggs. But I'm still curious to learn what people are. You know, I, I still want to know, like, I am an INTJ. What are you? I'm not a Myers-Briggs fan. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> You're just N-A. But, N-A. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I have no idea what but I am. I've done those curious. quizzes because yeah. everyone's done those quizzes. Yeah. And I think there's just been a lot of research. There was an amazing book called The Personality Brokers by mm. Merv Emery. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, but they basically talk about how this, this Myers-Briggs personality test came out of 
kind of less than rigorous, like what we would perceive as rigorous standards to mm. develop a, a test to assess like universal personality traits. Yeah. Um, and so it doesn't have, like it hasn't translated well into kind of how we think about assessments of personality mm. today. Um, but you're not a little bit curious at all what somebody is? No. No, not at all. Okay. Not after reading this book. I think okay. after reading this book, because I, I mean, I used to do those tests and think, "Ooh, wow, Ooh. I'm whatever one of those categories you fall into." Yeah. Um, but I think after reading this book, I've become very skeptical, and I also get a little my like red flags go up when people start talking about it in general. And oh, interesting. So I think it's anyway. It's just a really interesting. That book was very very interesting. Good book so, recommendation. Yeah, if yeah. you're looking, and it was uh, a good audio book. I read it oh. uh, while. Traveling for work a lot. Nice. Um, but all that to say, I think, yeah, this does kind of feel a little bit like <laughs> Myers-Briggs where sure, there might be like kernels of truth somewhere buried in there, but research has moved past this yeah. and we have a better way now, right? So we- <laughs> also like to, to take it easy on the guy that invented it. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's a two-page article in a management journal. He's a, a consultant based in Idaho. I'm sure when he wrote this article, he didn't expect it to go viral and, and move <laughs> through the world as it did, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so I'm sure he didn't have bad intentions or anything like that. It's just it, it, it has turned into a thing that people assume there's research behind that has a lot of redundancy and can be counterproductive if you're not careful. All right. So now that we've... Bashed? Not bashed. I just, I want to advocate for it. We have a better way because research has gotten better. So now that we've pointed out that there is a better way, what is the better way? Like if you want to set a goal that has more success or more, a better likelihood of being Mm -hmm. successful, where do you start? Well, where do you want to start? What do you what want are to my get? Options? <laughs> what do you want? How do you set a better goal? So, say I want to. I yeah. want to. I mean, tenure is a good example. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. And we were kind of talking about this before. Where I have kind of two levels of goals right now. Yeah. Where I know in like three years I want to be successful in getting tenure, which mm-hmm. is a long term thing, right? Yeah. That's three years away. But I also know that I set daily goals for if I don't even know if we're calling these goals, but Mm -hmm. on a daily basis, I set a goal saying, I want to finish X, Y, or Z. Like I want to do this task. And these two things are, well, they are always related, right? Like I set goals in my day to day that are supposed to be helpful towards my ultimate goal of getting tenure in three years. And so how do you align those two things? I mean, I I know you you can, those are two different things. And how do I, if I want to set, a smarter, smart goal. Mm-hmm. How do I do that? Well, luckily, you know, it's <laughs> e- even in the intro for the podcast, how we talk about intention mm-hmm. uh, and we talk about values a lot. We talk about priorities. We talk about how to plan, how to be intentional in the moment, how to act, how to uh, resist our work less, how to make it more desirable. All of these things can flow into one another. And so, Depending on the time scale across which we have set an intention, that determines the level of goal that we're setting. And so, you know, take, let's say somebody has, uh, somebody wants to lose 10 pounds, right? Maybe the most common goal in the world, lose X pounds. Um, at the top, you know, the greatest, the, the longest intentions that we can have are values, 
values are really priorities that uh, occur across a great proportion of our life, sometimes, often, the entire thing. Uh, beneath that, we have priorities. So, you know, the, the value example might be healthfulness in that case. Then we have priorities, right? Which isn't quite a goal, but it's kind of what we want to move toward over time. Like in, instead of being healthy, it might be to be physically fit. And then we have the actual goal, which is what we're talking about today, obviously. That's to lose 10 pounds. Then we have the plans that filter down. So our intentions are getting smaller. Maybe we're losing 10 pounds over the course of of six months, and our plan is to drive to the gym today or to, you know, what, what you mentioned with making progress on the research papers, right? So Values, priorities, goals, plans, and then intentions. The intentions that we set when we get to the gym, maybe an intention is to uh, use the weight machine when that guy over there is done. Um, And then we have the action that we're taking in the moment, which is the smallest intention of all, the intention that precedes the actions that we're taking in each moment of our day. And so we have these intentions that uh, take place across different times, but when they are connected with one another, that is when the magic happens, right? Because sometimes we have uh, an intention to lose 10 pounds and we don't connect that to what plans we'll need uh, to follow through with or the, the intentions that we should be having in the moment, like making a schedule for when we'll go to the gym this week. Or we don't connect it upwards and think about, okay, why do I want to lose 10 pounds? Is it uh, to look better? Is it for face? Is it like not your actual face, but in terms of how people perceive you? Is it your value of healthfulness? Like what are your values? What does it funnel up into? So I think that's kind of the key with goal attainment is you can have a goal, but how does it, what does it mean? And what, how does it connect to who you are on a fundamental level? Because if it doesn't, you're far less likely to achieve it because it's not who you are. It won't feel like it's a part of your identity. But also, after you make sure that it does, how does it connect to your day-to-day? Is there an opportunity, a plan that you can make so that you actually follow through with it? And as you you get smaller in, in your durations of intention, you get to that action point where you're making progress on what you care about every day. Okay, so Does that have, make sense? I think so. I have two, I think, follow-up questions. So the first part is, okay, so I think it helps to put an example on that Yes. description. So it, let's go back to the tenure thing. Yeah. So if I say I want to get tenure, that is my goal. And that falls, mm-hmm. I like make plans to try to achieve that. Mm-hmm. So I say yeah. by the end of this year, I want to have like two papers two more papers submitted or yeah. something. And this is where and tactics like the rule of three help where, you know, you can make these intentions across different time frames. Okay. Um, so every day, what is the progress you're making? Every week, what are your goals? And those every, are intentions. Yeah, yeah. So just you can have goals within goals or is it an intention yeah, within a yeah, goal? Yeah, very much. Okay. It's just different time frames that they occur over. Okay. Yeah, so, then, so so, so uh, both of those yeah. would be goals in this framework. Yeah, Goals, intentions, I think they're labels for the same thing. They're the pre-decision that we wish to do something or accomplish something. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so how does that align? This is just how I look at things. Sure. But okay. So how does that align with like what we know from the research when it comes to 
what we can do to set better goals, right? Yeah. I mean, they talk about all sorts of examples in this like paper we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are a couple of important things, right? I mean, for example, the kind of smart goals miss some really important some important details, like whether or not it's like positively or negatively oriented, mm. whether it's kind of focused on how you compare to other people or how you compare to yourself, right? Yeah. Those are important things to factor in when you're setting a goal. Positively, negatively, I'd also say approach or avoidance where there are some goals that are something that we really want, so we approach them, or there's something that we want to avoid doing or having. Um, So we want to avoid failing a test or something. Uh, And so that can inform uh, how we perceive our goals too. I mean, I think that's part of the positively and negatively oriented thing. Um, And then there's the short-term and long-term frame too. And so if those are things that are missing from the SMART acronym, and then we also recognize that there's some overlap in the SMART acronym and some pieces that are just like not relevant when it comes to what we know from like psychology and from behavioral science. Mm -hmm. So what do they actually spell out as like, how can you set a better goal? Yeah. So taking into account, it aligns with your values, which... So if that's all can like all well and good, we've, we've, we have picked, on the values. we do. Yeah. And so assuming we've found a goal that matches our values, matches our priorities, yeah. what do we do? Like I say today, this week, I want to finish a paper. Mm-hmm. What do I do? What do I set a goal? Well, or how do I set that goal? That, that's the interesting thing with uh, Locke, uh, Edwin Locke and Gary Latham. One's in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Forget which one. The, the ones who wrote this academic book, uh, they essentially distinguish between a few different types of goals that we can set. And I remember we, we were looking before recording this podcast, there are so many different types of goals that, that you can set, um, but there are a few that are worth highlighting in terms of goal attainment because it makes you more likely to attain something. Um, And it it depends where you are with something as well. Um, So there are learning goals, for example. If you're not quite acquainted with something that you want to accomplish, maybe just learning more about it, taking a a sales course or something. I don't know. I don't know why sales came to mind, Uh, but, but that's what comes to mind. Just, you know, some learning accomplishment that can give you more of a perspective on the the range of goals that you can set so you can pick one that fits with who you are and what you actually wish to get out of a situation. Um, so learning goals, but there's also performance goals after that. So once you, once you have the requisite knowledge, um, then you can have a, a goal, a, a performance goal saying like selling 10 units of something in a week, or if you're a student, maybe getting 90% on a test. Um, So learning or performance, depending on where you are in the knowledge and skill acquisition with something that you wish to accomplish. Um, But there's also process goals, which can be a bit less um, intimidating than a performance goal. So selling 10 units in a week, maybe that might just cause you stress, maybe especially if you're first starting out. So a process goal is instead of the end result or the performance that you'll have to do, it's what gets you to that point. So instead of selling 10 units in a week, maybe the process goal is you think, okay, what do I have to actually do to get to the point where I accomplish that thing? Maybe I need to make 50 sales calls this week. I don't know how sales works, but I'm imagining calling people is involved. Is that that accurate? I don't know. This is also not what I do. So yeah. 
Or instead of instead of like getting ninety percent on on the test, maybe you want to set a, a process goal to study for two hours every single night. So, uh, I think you know knowing that there's this little buffet of options between uh, learning about something, maybe. You don't know if you need to lose 10 pounds to go back to that previous example. Maybe you want to learn uh, about what your body composition should be, what a healthy composition is. Uh, so you can accommodate that in the goals that you set. So learning versus performance versus process goals, important distinguishing things between those. That's not a sentence, but you get the idea. Cool. So if I'm setting performance goals, that's like, I want to get tenure. But then my process goals are, I need to spend this many hours working on this paper in the next two weeks. And the learning goals would be, well, right now I'm learning Python. So (laughs) I (laughs) I need to learn Python by the end of this week so that I can finish this other project I'm working on and get that out the door this year. All of those take place across different timeframes. So some fit into the idea of a plan, some fit into the idea of a goal, some fit into maybe priorities as well. And ultimately what value you know, maybe accomplishment, maybe self-direction, you know, connecting with that deeper meaning behind it helps too. Okay. So now we've figured out what different kinds of goals are, but how do you actually set a goal? (laughs) So, because I think that I want to make this very like tangible yeah. for people, and that's, that's not I, tangible. The the but those are just different kinds, right? Like yeah, that yeah. doesn't that just helps you tell figure out like what kinds of goals are an option, and I think that's helpful because it means that you don't have to stress if your goal isn't like I want to lose X pounds. It can be yeah. I just want to learn this thing, or I want to spend this much time on something, right? Yeah, and that's fine. Those are also goals, and that's totally okay. It doesn't have to be outcome focused. I think is the takeaway there. But the bet the bigger thing, like the reason smart goals are so sticky is because that acronym really resonates with people, right? And so this idea, like you need to make sure it's specific and measurable. Like you can think through all five of those things and Mm -hmm. try to figure out what your goal should be. So if we're going to move past that and think like, how do you make better goals? I think, so the takeaways from the research right now, remember research always can change. (laughs) Yeah, it'll change soon probably. right now, the first thing is like, first consider how your goal, whether maybe it's getting tenure, maybe it's studying, maybe it's sales apparently. Sales. Um, Sales is to consider your goal across different time periods, right? So what does that mean for your long, in the long term? Mm -hmm. What does that mean in the short term? And I think this is a really good example of where like different types of goals, performance, process, learning, those are all going to be useful at different time periods, yeah, right? Yeah. But then the next thing is to make your goal like specific and challenging. Yeah. So this is where we go beyond just the like, was it reasonable? Is that the R in SMART? Uh, realistic. Re- realistic, So yeah. m- not just focusing on realistic goals, but also thinking about like potentially challenging goals. Yeah. They have to be like possible oh, in course, the realm yeah. of... Yeah. The world, like going to the moon is probably not a realistic goal or even a possible goal for most people. Mm-hmm. It's possible for some though. So maybe you're that person, but all that to say, like pick a goal that's humanly possible, but still mm-hmm. challenging, right? That That's what the research shows. Is that right? Challenging enough that um, intimidates you a little bit and mobilizes you a lot, but doesn't discourage you when you think about it. So yeah. it isn't overwhelmingly yeah, challenging. It's not over, yeah, it's not overwhelmingly But still challenging. stretches you. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I, I think specific and challenging are the two most important things with a goal. 
And then you have here setting implementation intentions. Mm-hmm. So knowing exactly how you're going to like act out your goals. Yeah, exactly. So that's moving kind of to this shorter scale intention. So um, when are you going to act on something? Where are you going to act on it? How will you act on it as well? Cool. Yeah. Peter so, Goldwitzer has some great research on that, not to get in the weeds, but setting an implementation for um, if something happens, you will do something. So when, where, and how you'll accomplish mm-hmm. something uh, raises the odds of goal attainment by sometimes as much as 200, 300%. It's really cool. quite incredible, but it, it just goes to show that we sometimes think about our goals across that medium time frame. We want to lose 10 pounds, but forget that smaller time frame, how we can make progress on it every day. Got to eat less ice cream, right? Oh, <laughs> don't, don't we all? Yeah. Unfortunately. But my, my goal is to eat more ice cream. That's a good goal. And pizza. Hmm. And what butter chicken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As we eat less and less takeout. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, hopefully that was helpful. It's It's really, really interesting how some of these ideas take off like smart goals, but the research behind it, dubious sometimes. Not dubious, Mm. just there's better evidence now. Yeah. Yes. Good stuff. Awesome. Hopefully that was helpful. Hopefully. Yeah. So, finishing up time and attention.fm is where you can find all the corresponding show notes for this episode and all the other episodes of the podcast. Hope you have a wonderful week. We'll see you in a couple Tuesdays. Bye.